Good morning and welcome to Wavemakers with Janet and Tom, a weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Tom and Janet could not be with us today. Handling the board for us today is New York native John Dunn. Handling the phones today will be Irene Matthews. So if you want to join our conversation today, call us at 813-239-9663, and Irene will get you through to us. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. The dictionary definition of nostalgia is a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. I think it's safe to say that our guest today is a big believer in nostalgia. As creator and host of the Tampa Natives show on the Tampa Bay Arts and Education Network, Mario Nunez approaches history with a decidedly nostalgic bent. On his show, he invites his audience to relive their memories of growing up in Tampa the way Tampa used to be. Mario has strong opinions on some decidedly Tampa-centric topics, including what he considers the proper word to describe people from Tampa. Tampans? Tampanians? Tampanios? Also the design of Tampa's official flag, and whether Tampa is losing its identity through the widespread use of the term Tampa Bay. Welcome to Wavemakers, Mario. Tom, what a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation to join you. So glad you could be here. I'm sorry Janet couldn't join us. Um, your love of Tampa is, is palpable, I have to say. Thank you. Uh, so, But let's start with your own story. Um, where were you born? How long ago was that? And uh, where, where's your family? How long has your family been here? Well, I was <clears throat> born, as they say, at the old St. Joseph's Hospital, right? Before the one on Martin Luther King in Havana, uh, as many of us were in the year 1958. So many, many years ago, <clears throat> class of 1976, Jefferson High School. Our family's been here boots on the ground since about 1885, which is about the time that Mr. Ebor got here. Great-grandmother was born in Monroe County, which is Key West, followed the same migratory pattern as many Cubans did back in that time, which is to say Spain, Canary Islands, <clears throat> and then, of course, Cuba. Uh, cigar makers. Cigar makers all. Cigar makers. The cigar industry was vital to the economy that, that drove our city and that had people uproot themselves and go from Havana to Key West and ultimately, you know, to finding its way to Tampa. Yeah, a lot of people may not be aware that the cigar industry really moved to Tampa from Key West. And, and it's, um, so we, we're connected to Key West, we're connected to New Orleans, we're connected uh, in more ways than just because we're all port towns. The tobacco leaf went a lot of different places, and it also went to Galveston, Texas. Yeah. Uh, legend and history has it that if, if Mr. Ebor wasn't granted his 40 acres of that backwater scrub that they gave him, which he developed into Ebor City... He was ready to go to Galveston, didn't want to go to Galveston because it was too far from Havana, which is where the tobacco was coming from. Yeah. So it would have been an economic and a, 
a production a hardship for him. And the Chamber of Commerce here, I think, uh, induced him uh, with some land and... Yeah, a little bit, but he had to fight for it. The way the, the way the story's always been told, you know, he, they didn't give it to him. He he came hat in hand, and he was on the gangplank getting ready to go back to Cuba when they, they rushed the gangplank to say, Mr. Ebor, Mr. Ebor, we, we've had second thoughts. Well, thank God they did. A- a- so, amen. Uh, amen. Uh, your family is uh, Cuban? or So on my daddy's side, my daddy's side, I, my grandfather, paternal grandfather was born in Cuba. But it's interesting because it's not just all Cuba for me. I'm, I'm a sort of a hybrid. I am a Tampeño, born and raised, but I'm a hybrid because my great-grandfather immigrated from Veracruz, which is in Mexico. So he was the youngest of about 11 or 12, which is what they did back in those days. And he, and, and this is another thing people don't realize, but there, there is still to this day a lot of travel between La Habana and, and Mexico and, and Veracruz in Mexico, right? So back in those times, I mean, there were boats going all the time back and forth. So... I was told one day by a gentleman on the airplane that, you know, if you were to parachute in to Veracruz and you didn't know any different, you might just think you were in Havana because the sound of Spanish spoken there, the food, the music, distinctly Cuban. When, you know, Mexico has its own flavors and sounds and sights. Yeah. So interesting. <clears throat> but well, we interesting because in Tampa, there are a lot of folks who are a little baby Cuban, Spanish Italian. Uh, we are all hybrids. We're yeah. all hybrids. Yeah. Some of us, some of us have distinct lineage, though. Like you know, if you're from if you're from Santo Stefano, you're you're Sicilian. You came from there, and you're from that province, and your grandparents were from there, so on and so forth. And there are some people that I know in in my circle that are really, actually, if you want to <laughs> pin me to the wall, they're more Tampeño than I am in their in their DNA, right in their lineage, because. They're both of their sets of grandparents were from here. Mom was born in Puerto Rico. So mom was born in Ponce in 1930. Shout out to my mom. Shout out to my dad, who yesterday, April the 10th, celebrated 75 years of wedded bliss. Wow. Or, or, 75 know, or, or holy matrimony. I'm not sure. Holy smokes, right? Holy smokes. <laughs> because 75 years, who lives that long? My right. dad's about to be 95. My mom's about to be 93. So mom was... I think John and I are both hoping we're going to live till 75, right, John? Mom, dad, I love you. And, and, <laughs> and you made it. You, you won the game. You're playing with house money. So congratulations on 75 years. And thank goodness that they did their thing because I wouldn't be here otherwise. So did they move to Ybor City to take advantage so, of the... So mom, so mom, and, mom was born in Ponce in Puerto Rico, but she, she, she immigrated with her family to New York City at the age of about one, one and a half. My father was born here in Ybor City. Maria Messina was the midwife that delivered him at 1.45 in the morning on June 29th. Gonzalez Clinic? No, at home. Oh, at home. Midwife okay, at home. Cost my grandfather $10. Why? Because he made Maria Messina get up out of a, a warm sleep at one o'clock in the morning to come deliver him. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been five. Well, babies can't wait. Five dollars. So, so, but it, it, in 1934, in the height of the Depression, my uh, grandfather moved his family, my grandmother and my aunt and my father, to New York. So his formative years were spent there. But we had one aunt, and he had one aunt, my grandmother's sister, who was a very, very good cigar roller and a very good earner. So she anchored the family here in Tampa, and everybody was migrating to New York, all of my, my father's cousins and all of his aunts and uncles, except for that one aunt, and, and consequently, they, they grew up there. That's why my dad is a lifelong Yankee fan. We won't hold that against him. And, uh, you know, my pop's so old, he saw Lou Gehrig play. Can wow. you believe this? I mean, yeah. he, at Yankee Stadium as a, as a nine-year-old boy. But then in 1951— Well, they're sort of a Tampa team now. 
Now they are. You know, Steinbrenner yeah. made sure of that, right? Yeah. George Steinbrenner, well, rest in peace. he didn't want to have to go to Fort Lauderdale. He lived around the street. Correct. Yeah. Anyway. Right. On Lindelon, if I'm not mistaken. We digress. So then, so then in 1951, my father was born in, four, I mean, excuse me, married in, four, in 48, brother born in 49, other brother born in 51. They came back to Tampa. They were making, and that's another thing people don't maybe understand about the migratory routes of a lot of Tampeños back in those days. There was an enclave that lived in New York on the same block in the same building that were from Tampa. So Union Station was constantly going back, the Silver Meteor, the champion, oh, yeah. going back and forth between here and New York City. Well, that's an interesting point you make there because we had Andy Hughes and his other co-authors of the New Cuban Shout Spanish out to History Andy books. Hughes. Shout out to Andy. Because and the team. He, he found evidence that there were Cuban sandwiches in New York before they were in, in Tampa. 100%. That's, yeah. that's another, we may never solve that conundrum. The, the, you know, well, the we birth, do know one thing. They're delicious. It was invented in Havana. <laughs> Any kind of sandwich in Cuba is considered, a, could be broadly considered a Cuban sandwich. You ask somebody in Cuba, which I've been several times, yeah. well, uh, you know, can you make me a Cuban sandwich? They look at you like, what's that? Well, they're all Cuban. Yeah, they're all Cuban. Yeah. Uh, but so they uh, ultimately they, they they came back home in fifty one. Okay, and and we have been here ever since, right? So you know you can count four generations, three certainly that were born here. My grandmother was born here in o two, my father in twenty nine, twenty eight, but don't twenty nine, twenty eight. Um, I was born in fifty eight, and my son in eighty three. So that's four generations here born and raised in Tampa. So that counts for something. Over 120 years now. It's, it's, it's an impressive, impressive history. And so uh, what part of town did you grow up in? Well, I, I was a, uh, for those that know Hillsborough County Schools, I was a, Col- a, a Grady Coleman guy uh, in, in elementary and junior high, right? Destined to be a plant panther. I knew the... You're a South Tampa guy. Well, no, no, because, because South Tampa, for those that, again, know the rules... That's everything south of Kennedy Boulevard. And I was, I was raised in an enclave that was just north of Kennedy and just east of Lois and just west of Dale Mabry and just south of Cypress, which later became 275. And that, that area of town is known as Broadmoor Park. You can look it up. That would have been before the interstate. A hundred percent. My father's home. The my father's home was built in 1956. And in 62, when, when, I-4 at the time, it wasn't 275, it was I-4. When I-4 came in, it cleaved Carver City and Lincoln Gardens, which was to our north, <clears throat> from everything south of Cyprus, right? Yep. So my brothers went to plant. They were both Panthers. I knew the, the plant high alma mater from the time I was in the third grade. I mean, I was destined to wear the black and gold. And then something magical happened around 1971. They broke ground for the new Jefferson High School. And I said, oh, wait, there's more. And that was three blocks from my house. And then at that time, I said, you know what? Maybe I take a different tack in high school. Maybe I go to the new school because everything was avant-garde. Everything was brand new. We didn't have a library. We had a media center, Tom. Mm. We didn't have a basketball gymnasium, old sweaty wood floor gymnasium. We had a beautiful tartan surface, surf, uh, surface, which was like a rubberized, brand new. Everything was electronic. The, the basketball hoops went up and down. The, the gym uh, the, the, uh, the seats in the gym extended and came back. We, I mean, it was like state of the art. 1973 when the, I can't believe it's... 52 oh. years later. Uh, and, it's no, and now this, half empty, apparently. Well, and that's a problem. We, yeah. we can talk about that as well. But so, so that was the neighborhood that I grew up in. That was my stomping grounds. You know, everything was south of me, right? Because Grady was about a mile and a half. I played at Tampa Bay Little League as opposed to West Tampa, even though if, as the crow flies, equidistant. But I was districted to play at Tampa Bay Little League. And so those were all my friends growing up. 
Yeah. And so uh, you graduate from high school. Tell us uh, the rest of your story. Graduated uh, Jefferson High School, class of 76, a couple of years at uh, Hillsborough Community College while I was trying to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had a dalliance. I had an affair, if you will, with uh, uh, the game of Highly that everybody who knows me knows uh, Highly will always be my mistress. She, uh, she came into my life at 18, and for about 15 minutes, I thought I might turn pro because I just loved it so much. I worked there for three years. And I got to know the game intimately. I got to know the players and the setup and everything. But then I realized, you know, <clears throat> these guys have been playing since they were six years old. I'm never going to be, be able to make up that time. And, and oh, by the way, I had this yearning to travel. The travel bug bit me early in my life. I took my first airplane ride when I was 10 years old from here to Miami. And I thought, again, magical. I'm using the term twice in the first 15 minutes of your show. But it was magical. And so I spent 30 years as a professional flight attendant with American Airlines. Oh, so you get to travel even to this day? Yes and no. Yes, because I still have privileges. No, because good luck uh, with my boarding priority trying to get a flight. Might as well just buy a ticket. So when did you start the uh, Tampa Natives show on TBEE, or did you start it somewhere else? Did we it? did. We started, we started uh, okay, so let me tell you, 2000, uh, 1999, let me tell you my mig migratory story. So I got hired in 1984 with American Airlines, trained in Dallas, Texas, right there, the airport, and uh, spent my first year on the line, as we say in the business, in Chicago. What an amazing city. Chicago yeah. will come into play a little bit later in this conversation. What an amazing city. Amazing city. Loved it, fell in love with it, thought I might stay there and raise my boys there, my family, start my family, stay there, put down some roots. But that winter drove me south. That winter was brutal. And for a boy who got raised in Clearwater Beach... I just couldn't tolerate it. So even though the metro system was amazing, you didn't need a car, you bust and walked and trained everywhere. So within a year's time, um, I put in a transfer to DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth. And then when I got the transfer, it came through. I spent the next 15, 16 years there. But bear in mind, when you're a flight attendant, when you're a pilot, you know, you, you can go anywhere at any time. Mm -hmm. and, and at the time... Um, the, we didn't have direct service from Chicago to Tampa. That was another variant. We didn't have enough uh, direct service. Now we do, certainly. But back then we didn't. So if I wanted to come home and see my family, which was important to me, I needed to spend all day with my family, stand by Chicago to Dallas, Dallas to Tampa. So Dallas was the place that I, my youngest boy was born, and we raised our boys through their teenage years, almost through high school. But in 99, we came back home. My father-in-law was ill. I needed to come back home. I needed to be around my family and reconnect with all my friends. So I missed from 84 to 99 here in Tampa. All that stuff that was happening, I was on the periphery of. I was in and out, right? Ybor City when it was changing. There's a lot going on then. Oh, that's what I'm saying. There. That's what I'm saying. That's when you came here. So, you know, there was a time that I had to catch up. What was I missing? And, uh, and I've caught up, I think, pretty good, pretty good. But so, so we came back in 99 in 2007. I learned about public access television. I actually learned about it before. But I took the classes, got qualified as a producer, and conceived a show with my son. Oh. Who at the time was an, a state award, a state, a high school state award-winning thespian, right? Terrific. This is my son, Nick. So Nick and I devised this television show. We called it 30 Minutes is Not Enough. It was sort of a hybrid uh, uh, Saturday Night Live weekend update, and we developed some characters. It was a current events kind of a show, and it was a 30-minute show, right? Wayne's World. Party time, <laughs> Wayne's World, but, but with, a lot, with a lot going on, right? Yeah. So, we, you know, it was, but it was Wayne's World. Yeah. And we weren't in the basement. public access TV, yeah. Exactly correct. 
And um, so from that, I had the experience. And then in 2009, serendipitously, I uh, met Steve Canella at a mixer over at International Plaza. Um, and when we talked, Steve graduated class of 78 from Hillsboro. We realized that, you know, we had a lot in common. And he had started this Facebook page because in 2009, Facebook was just, you know, leaking out there in the community. And he started this Facebook page called Tampa Natives. Uh, Tampa Natives, that's all it was. We took the concept of Tampa Natives and that repository for all those stories. I used my public access production experience and fashioned a live television show, came up with the tagline, the Tampa Natives show, we're sharing your memories, has never been this much fun. People would call in. We'd talk about Highlight, we'd talk about Malios, we'd talk about Tampa Stadium, University of Tampa football. You know, we just went nostalgia. I think you described it aptly at the beginning of the show. People long for that, especially as we get older. You know, those times were better for a lot of us. And, uh, and the show resonates to this day. Yeah, it's still going. So um, why so nostalgic, though, for, for, for the Tampa you grew up with? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think it's safe to say that back in those early days, our family was here. Everybody was here. All the aunts, all the uncles, all the cousins, even the grandparents. And for those of us that are still longing for those people in our lives, they were connected organically to those times. So that, that's another way that we never forget them, right? So we stay connected to that story. But also there was nobody here, Tom. There was nobody here, Tom. You need me to say that again. Yeah, it was a small town. So when you got from you, when you went from the Highlight Fronton to Hillsborough Avenue, it took you five minutes, maybe eight, if you caught a couple of traffic lights. You follow me? Yep. Plus, we knew we were Tampa. They knew they were St. Pete. They knew they were Clearwater. This is before pre-Bucks. Right. This is before the Tampa Bay phenomenon. We'll talk about that later, too. We, we will. Yeah, I know we will. Uh, so if you're just joining us, uh, uh, our guest today is <laughs> Mario Nunez who is the uh, creator and host of the Tampa Native Show, and he has strong opinions about what to call people from Tampa and what to call the region, et cetera. Uh, if you have opinions on those things, how about the Tampa flag, too? We're going to talk about the Tampa flag. I'm loaded uh, for bear, Tommy. I came ready for he's you. He's ready. He's ready. Uh, and if you want to join our conversation, call us at 813 you can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And we will be right back. Hi, this is Duncan Strauss, host of Talking Animals, now airing at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. The time slot is new, but Talking Animals is in its 19th year and remains a show about animals and animal issues, chiefly revolving around a long-form interview with an important figure in the animal world. Guests have ranged from Jane Goodall to Amy Lou Harris to Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. The program also features music, comedy, news, and a quick quiz, Name That Animal Tune. That's Talking Animals every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WMNF. Cuban Club in Ybor City, May 6th this year. Check us out at WMNF.org. For advanced virtual tickets on sale now, $40 in advance, $50 at the door. At the Cuban Club. 
one of our favorite events, and it's so great that it's coming back. And you must have liked some of that Latin uh, tinge there. You, did you that. see me moving? You Could were you moving. See, I Everybody couldn't can't still. see, but you were moving. Uh, so one of the things that you are very focused on is this question of, of uh, what to call somebody from Tampa, you know? Um, in fact, four years ago, when you uh, when we were having a city election, you were making a big push to try to get everyone to uh, refer to people from Tampa by a certain term, and so we have uh, you got some national attention with that. We got some local attention. We got you know local stories, but NPR heard about this. They found me. And so uh, I thought that was fascinating. So we're going to play a, a little three-minute clip from NPR News and Ari Shapiro. In Tampa, Florida, mayoral candidates are being asked to take a position on an important issue. We're not talking about housing or education or taxes. We're talking about the question, what should people from Tampa be called. The man leading this debate is Mario Nunez. He is a fourth-generation Tampa resident and host of the Tampa Natives show on TV station TBAE. We called him up to talk about it. Hi, Mario. How are you, Ari? I'm good. Okay, I know you have a strong opinion about what people from Tampa should be called, but before we get to your preferred name, tell us what some of the candidates are. Okay, there's Tampan, Tampanian, and of course, my preference, Tampeño. Why Tampeño? Why do you prefer this one? Aside from the fact that both your name, Nunez, and Tampeño have a tilde over the N. Oh, well played, Ari. Well played. <laughs> I give you bonus points for that. No, the reason I suggest that is because I think, first of all, if you know a little bit about our history, Tampa was known for many, many years as Cigar City. Cigars were coming out of this city uh, hand-rolled by my great-grandparents and my grandparents. Sadly, that industry has now gone offshore, and we're trying to figure out who we're going to be going forward. Tampeño, which obviously is Hispanic, Latino, it reflects that wonderful diversity that is the history of our city. And we should say that this is not just your preference. It also won a Tampa Bay Times Twitter poll this week. Tampeño was the first choice. How is it possible that in the more than 150 years since Tampa was incorporated as a city, this question still has not been definitively answered? Well, I don't think that it's been pushed out there into the public sphere like it is currently. And, of course, now with social media, everything can become a thing. My family, my cousins, we always use Tampeño. Tampanian is really an anglicized version of Tampeño. And I don't want to get too far into the weeds, Ari, but Tampan is just not acceptable. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> it sounds too much like something no, else. No, yeah, of course. And, look, we're not all sixth graders, so we've got to just take that one off of the table right quick. Why do you think this debate matters? Why can't everybody just use whatever word they prefer? The reason I suggest it is because the branding of a city, the rebranding in this case, is important going forward. You know, we have two major collegiate football games here every year. We've got a Super Bowl coming up in 2021. As people land here, we need to remind them of the city's cultural history. So this is not just a popular debate. You're actually trying to make this official, right? Well, a few years back, the city of Tampa took it upon themselves to proclaim officially that the Cuban sandwich is the official sandwich of the city of Tampa. <laughs> I'm hoping that at some point, Tampeño could be proclaimed as the official moniker of the residents of Tampa so that the scribes and the media, when they refer to us, know how to refer to us properly. It just has a cool, hip, kind of progressive vibe that reflects our city. 
That's Mario Nunez, the Tampeño behind the campaign to get the city of Tampa to decide what to call people from Tampa. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Ari. And that was our guest, Mario Nunez, talking to uh, the great Ari Shapiro. Oh, and did, I don't on, know if you saw, but recently, recently he was the subject of a uh, a segment on on the Sunday morning show. And Ari is quite, he has quite a profile himself. You yeah, know? He's, he's very talented, very talented very guy. Much so. But, so four years later, we're in another city election. Unfortunately, this time we are talking about housing among some of the other important issues. Um, but nobody's talking about this, Mario. How is your campaign going four years later? Yeah, no, it's in my back pocket. Yeah. And, you know, everything is, everything in its time. You know what I mean? Everything in its time. I mean, you don't, you're not going to. You're not going to roll it out there if if it's you know if you know it's it's, for, it's it's first quarter we just kicked off. Sure. I'm just saying you know are you going to go to the hail mary early or are you going to come with the double secret uh, you know double reverse uh, pass? I, I'm just saying it's not the time not for the it right. Timing have, is off. Bigger fish to fry, but I'm still going to use it. As you can see, I'm repping my my product line presently. You can see that I'm, I'm wearing my I can see it, gear. Uh, uh, but if, <clears throat> if, if, since you're not in oh, the we're studio, on radio, we're on radio. We're on the radio, and so he has a hat that has uh, <laughs> yeah. It says Tampeño, correct? Um, and it looks a little bit like the Godfather. Uh, well, it's, uh, it, it, that's my intention, right? Yeah. The font, the font, the font is the, the same. The, as the font Godfather. is, and 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 the uh, the little Enya that's over the N. Yeah. A uh, shout out to. Uh, Ray Villadonga, the late oh, great Ray Villadonga, great, yeah. who who had me on his show many times as he was right there running the board, um, mm-hmm. he was the one that suggested. He said, "You know, Mario, instead of an Enya, wouldn't it be cool if you used like a handlebar mustache mm-hmm. in place of it? Because those that might know, we do have a history, and the history is in some cases notorious, right, infamous, and in the early days of." Of that organized situation, <laughs> you mean the mob? Yeah, well, that's it. The mafia. That's it. That's it. So in the in the early days, those those fellows were referred to as mustachioed Pete's, right? Mustache oh. Pete's, because all of those fellows had mustaches. So with again a wink and a nod, I took the tilde out, the Enya out, and I put, put it mustache. mustache. Uh, we do have uh, one email. Uh, actually, it's a voice. It's a text message from someone who votes for tampers. Yeah, well, you not, always, not picking tampons. No, no picking, tampers. You know, listen. This, but let's let's talk about tampon because yeah. uh, when I moved here in 1980 from Virginia, right? I guess the common term was tampon. That's that's what I would hear. That's the literal term. That, that's the term it, that. But then I was uh, so I I came down here to be a reporter. Mm-hmm. I was working for uh, the Tampa Times, which for the uh, young listeners that was an afternoon newspaper. R.I.P. It was actually published in the afternoon. Uh, on your doorstep Which by four thirty, basically doesn't exist anymore. Covered all little league games, uh, but I, and I was covering uh, Bob Martinez, who was the mayor, and I went on what worked for the Orlando Sentinel, uh, and I was covering the nineteen eighty six governor's race that Bob Martinez ultimately won, and he told me something I had never heard before, which was he grew up in West Tampa, and uh, he said everyone was re- referred to Tampans as Tampanos in his neighborhood, but he said you know in South Tampa. It was Tampons. And I remember when Dick Greco Jr. was running for mayor four years ago, he referred to himself as a Tampon. So clearly there's a lot of... Uh, push-pull. There's push-pull. push-pull. And, and, but what's wrong with Tampania? Because there's actually a street in Tampa called Tampania. No doubt. No doubt. I, I, wouldn't that, doesn't so, that indicate that maybe Tampania was a, a commonly used word? So here's, here's my angle, and it's the only one that I subscribe to. So 
do you, and, and first of all, I digress. Let me just explain to you that I always use the phrase uh, moniker. I use the phrase moniker to describe what, what we should call ourselves. But there's a more uh, accurate and technical term, and it's demonym. Demo, D-E-M, from the Greek word for people, and nym, Greek, again, for name. So demon, think antonym, homonym, you see? So demonym is what you call, your, what, what people refer to themselves as. So the demonym for us should be tampeño because of this. And I'll, ask a que- I'll answer a question with a question. Do you know, and I know you know, Tom, it's a rhetorical question, what the people from Los Angeles call themselves? Angelinos. Thank you. I would think. And nobody. And I'm, and so I I'm, from, I- I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. Okay. I visited there recently. Nobody calls themselves Norfolkians or Norf. What do they call themselves? There's no term for right. it. You know? I, and I feel bad for you guys. I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> because, because, Angel- okay. because Angelinos. Or Orlando people or St. Petersburg people. Because, yeah, there's well, no but if you, have, if you have the option, here's what I'm going to say. If you have the option to do something that's cool, that's hip, that's avant-garde, that feels good, that kind of you want to wear it because this is a sharp jacket, bro. I'm putting this on because it looks good and it feels good. Why wouldn't you do it? So well, tampeño, I think the other thing is that tampeño is right. in, in Spanish. That would be a male person from. No, no, no. Because if you understand anything about Spanish, and which obviously don't. you don't. So, so, so. <laughs> Admittedly. The, the, male, the male article in Spanish is also for the plural, right? So tampeño is the man. Tampeña is the woman. But the group, somos tampeños. So, so the group is also the masculine uh, version of that of that noun, right? You, you follow me? Okay. Okay. So that's why it's not venue as the group. One. Yeah, that's why it's the group. But my point is this: if you're from Angeline, if you're from Los Angeles, and you came from wherever, wherever you came from, and, and Los Angeles is your adopted city, and you raise your family there, you are now Angelinos. Of course, you are. Right. Of course. So, so why wouldn't we, you want to be tampeños? Why don't we stop for a second and sure. take a call? Uh, we have a call here from Jim. Is this a plant? Is this a plant? Did, did somebody set this guy up? No. Nope. Jim, are you there? Well, we're having some... While we work through those technical uh, difficulties... Um, so, so at some point, you'll go back to the city council and ask them to to to, uh, to consider it again. To reconsider, consider it reconsider again. it. Yeah, I will. I'll keep hammering that. I'll keep pounding that rock, as as Mike Allstott used to do, until uh, until we can you know break ground. And and so the thing is, the thing is again, it's and, and and here's the pushback I get all the time. I'm not Latin. I'm not Latin. Why do I want to be known as Tampeño? I'm not Latin. Well, fine. If you got no cool, if you got no sazón, if you got if you can't dance, if you can't hear the music, I feel you, bro. But if you can, and if you, you know, and if you're fond of Ybor City's history, if you're fond of all that, then maybe th- reconsider. I'm afraid we lost Jim for a second, but um, I think we might have him back. John, can we? Arnold or Arnold? Should I do like I used to do on the Tampaneda Show? Caller, you're on the air. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Help is on the way. Help is on the way because Arnold would like to say hello to Mario. We got it. Hang in there. I think we got him. Hang in there. Are you there, Arnold? Yeah, I'm here online. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. What would you like to say to Mario? Uh, well, I just wanted to commend you guys for having Mario on the show. He's a dear friend of mine. Um, I've been on his Campanatus show before, and I want to say that he is probably uh, the foremost 
um, you know, individual right now that has the most information on Tampa history, and uh, he does an outstanding job to keep that history alive and to preserve it. And and we're very proud of Mario and the community. You know, so I wanted to thank him for everything that he does, and of course, uh, you know, uh, congratulate him on on his parents' uh, 75th anniversary. Because his father is also another proud Tampa son that uh, is a wealth of information. I, I, I really enjoy talking to Felipe. So, okay. Thanks, Arnold, for calling in. I really appreciate Gracias, it. Gracias, hermanito. And, and to, put, right. to put me in the category with the likes of E.J. Salcinas and Gary Mormino, I don't know that I deserve that. Impressive. I don't know that I deserve hey, that. Absolutely, man. You are the man. Where do you come down on the Tampa versus Tampeño? Uh, Tampeño, 100%. Okay. That's my Cuban well, brother. What's so he going to say? Know, yeah. That's I mean, my Cuban brother. So What's got, he going to say? Got one vote there. I want my hat. <laughs> You're going to get it, puppy. You're going to get it. <laughs> thank you. Thank okay, you, thanks for calling. But let's talk about Tampania because it, it is a street in Tampa called yeah, Tampania. So is, does that have some uh, historical uh, Only, Only for me personally, only that I know it's a street in West Tampa. And, you know, again, if we're going to go to the Tampa Bay thing, you know, we can talk about that here coming up shortly. Probably run out of time, but, but oh, no, we got time. Okay, but Tampa, Tampa Bay. There's a street in Tampa, also in West Tampa. You know, Tampa Bay, and there's yeah. an elementary school, Tampa Bay. But there's a reason for that as well, and a reason for the hotel that was called Tampa Bay Hotel. But we can, you know, I digress. Yeah. So if you're just joining us, uh, our guest today is uh, Mario Nunez, who has uh, a very nostalgic love for Tampa uh, and very strong opinions on some very specific issues regarding the city, mm-hmm. uh, what to call people from Tampa. Uh, what to call people, what to, what to call this region. Um, and we haven't even talked about the flag yet. We'll get to that. Uh, but if you have uh, thoughts, please give us a call at 813-239-9663. So let's talk about Tampa Bay. You uh, frequently rail, uh, particularly about the media, I guess, uh, using the term Tampa Bay uh, as a substitute for Tampa or St. Petersburg. And, you know, we have so many um, organizations that are named Tampa Bay. Your show airs on one, Tampa Bay Arts and Education, even though it only airs, as far as I know, in Hillsborough County. County. That's correct. Uh, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Lightning. Go Rays. The Tampa Bay Times Go changed their, their brand. Which was to, terrible. Well, it was a dumb idea, and it didn't work. But, um, so what's, what's, uh, what's, you know, and Tampa Bay was a term that came about because, I of guess, business and political leaders were looking for an overall term to cover what was then a very fast-growing region. And at one point, uh, the federal government was going to divide the uh, statistical metropolitan area, which then was, you know, Tampa, Clearwater, St. Petersburg. You'd have one part over there on the West Coast and the other part over here. But, uh, uh, you know, an effort was put together and they convinced them to keep the region as one, uh, Luis Benito, who uh, ran the advertising agency, played a, a pro- the leadership role in his that son successful David and I campaign. Get into this back and forth all the time. I'm sure you do. Yeah, very proud of what his dad did. So of tell course, us, and, uh, and, I, and we love us. And he was a, he's a, still to this day an ardent supporter of our show. And and this is the one thing that you know is kind of a little bit of a wedge issue. But <clears throat> the only thing I'm I'm saying is that you know you got to be careful because. If you go out there and you go too hard and too far and you're pounding that, that, that you're, you're sounding that alarm and you know, you're raising that flag, we'll talk about flags in a minute, it, 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 you, then you rebrand the area. And people who are coming out, I had the unique position of being a flight attendant again for 30 years. So I flew in and out of TIA all the time, right? TIA, Tampa International Airport. 
But the city code for Tampa, for those of us in the industry, it's TPA, right? So there's another little... You well, know, that the airport would prefer you use TPA. Of course. That's and, and their I, branding. And I get it. Yeah. And I get it. But that place over there with the minarets is called the University of Tampa. And the locals would call it Tampa U. So look, we can do this all day long. But And I'll be here all day if you have me. But but here's the, rea- here's the reality. Um, you... Tampa Bay Hotel was built by Henry B. Plant. We know this. And he called it the Tampa Bay Hotel because he thought that body of water was the bay. It wasn't the bay. It was the Hillsborough River. And it was really McKay Bay that led into the river. And there's all kinds of different bodies of water. You got the old Tampa Bay and you've got Tampa Bay that leads out into the Gulf of Mexico. I get it. All the body, all the parcels of land that touched on the bay because we wanted to be regional, fine. But 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 let me ask you this question. Does Do you know what the zip code is for Tampa Bay? <laughs> because I don't believe there's a postal zip code for Tampa Bay. And if you just send a letter to Mario Nunez, Tampa Bay, Florida, I don't even know if it's going to get to me, really and truthfully, because you don't have a zip code. And oh, by the way, Bush Gardens, great, fabulous. Way to change your address from Tampa, Florida to Tampa Bay. Fantastic. Because when people land here from Pocatello, Idaho, or Mankato, Minnesota, and the pilot says, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for flying American Airlines and welcome to Tampa Bay. Brother, we ain't in Tampa Bay. Let's this, hope not. This airplane ain't got no pontoons. You know what I'm saying? But they do say that now when you land. Welcome to Tampa Bay. And what is and what is uh, what is the uh, the uh, announcement when you're coming down the, the seven story escalator? You see the biggest signs in the world that says Tampa Bay. So I'm just saying for people that don't know, it's very very confusing. Well, I am conf- curious if our listeners uh, have an opinion on this. If they call us at eight one three two three nine nine six six three, if you are visiting another city and someone asks you where you're from, do you say you're from Tampa? Do you say you're from Tampa Bay? Do you say you're from Florida? People don't care. The people that aren't from here don't care. They really, really do not give three cents for this. It doesn't matter to them because they're from Pittsburgh and they fly their Pittsburgh flag out of their windows and they're Steeler fans. That's what I'm saying. We're losing our identity because of the fact, and this is one more thing, one more brick in the wall. We're losing our identity because people are coming here at an alarming rate. Have you been on 275 about 3 o'clock in the afternoon or 8 in the morning or 5 in the evening? It doesn't, you know what I mean? It's just these people are not from here. So, you know, they say when you die, you die twice. You die when you die and you die when the last person mentions your name. So if we don't keep this conversation aloft, eventually, as I argue with Charlie Miranda one day, Charlie, you know, when you're dead and I'm dead in 50 years from now, if somebody wanted to change the name of our fair city to Tampa Bay, because that's the consensus, all the Tampeños are gone, bro. It don't matter. The Tampeños are gone. Who's going to fight for us? I guess it's sort of like, I guess the, 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 the reason that started to catch on is because of Green Bay. But Green Bay is actually a city called Thank Green you. Bay. Thank you. It's actually a city. And you know what? We played for 30 years in the same division with the Green Bay Packers. So Green Bay, Battle of the Bays. And you know what? Well, everything rhymes with Bay. Hey, say, gray. So it's, you know, good morning, Tan- you know, good day, Tampa Bay. Everything rhymes with Bay. It's a marketing wet dream. <laughs> however, however, look at what it's gotten us. Right. Uh, we got a, a text message from uh, our, our mutual friend, Jim Hooper, and that was the, that that was was the jam. I couldn't was, get on the air. I, I really was apologize, Jim. Call back if you if you like. Uh, he was just calling to cast his vote for Tampania. Attaboy, Hoop. Um, we do have a uh, another call from Sarah. Sarah, uh, can you yes, hear us? Can you, yes, can you hear me? We can hear you. What I, would you like to say to Mario? 
Uh, well, I'm calling to say go Dragons. I graduated in 79. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and Tampania all the way. I grew up over between Jesuit and St. Lawrence, so Tampania all the way. And Tampa Bay, you hit a nerve with me. I don't live in the Bay. SpongeBob does. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's it's really hard to explain that to people that aren't from the region. You know, it really is hard to explain that. Yes, and when I go places, they go, oh, you're from Tampa Bay. I'm like, no, I'm from Tampa. That's Some interesting, people though. Some you, people don't even know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, through, I guess, the NFL and the NHL and whatever. Major League Baseball. I mean, Major League Baseball Soccer, has a hard time. Tampa Bay Rowdies. Well, they a lot of. I mean, we've read these stories where the announcers uh, refer to the Tampa Rays. Like sometimes, you know, they misplace where the team. Nobody it's knows. Tampa Bay. They it's super it's, confusing. It's all in Tampa. Mr. Benito, we love you, but you've confused us all. <laughs> exactly. And I'm a third generation Tampino. There you Tampino. go. There you go. Actually, you're a Tampena because you're the female version. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, thanks for calling. Sometimes I live in St. Pete now. Okay, good. Thank right, you, thanks, Sarah. Sarah. Thanks Thank for your you. call, Sarah. Thank you so much. Go Dragons. So, um, yeah, that's... We've also got Deborah on the line. Deborah, what do you have to say? Mr. Benito, we love you, but you've confused us all. She's on the delay. I'm a third you turn down your radio, please? Hey, hey, hey Deborah, please turn down your radio. Okay, yes. Okay, Sarah, thanks for calling. Sometimes I live in St. Pete now. Okay, good. Deborah, talk to us on the phone. Talk to us on the phone, please. Deborah, hi, I'm Deborah. Um, I just wanted to say I'm really enjoying the show. Um, Mario, I don't know if you are any relation to Lisa Nunez or Kelly Nunez, but um, I am actually a first-generation um, Tampanian, even though, you know, I basically I moved here when I was two, um, a graduate of Chamberlain High School, 1987. Um, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs> But I remember taking dance at Jackie's Dance Studio down um, off of Dale Mabry where the now, like, giant, uh, you know, sort of midtown targets, sprawling things are. And I guess, I mean, for me, I moved away right after high school just because I felt like there was too much of the suburban mall culture. I grew up, um, well, I, early years in Dover, um, from two, went to, went to nativity um, school in Brandon, and now Brandon is ginormous, but um, my mom remarried when I was in elementary and went to Chamberlain High School, grew up in Carrollwood Village, but I agree with Mario when he says there was nothing here, like there was nothing north, like everything north of Van Dyke, or like even like, yeah, it was just all... All orange groves, all orange groves. And you, I could get from, I opened the first Outback Steakhouse restaurant when I was um, at home um, in college on my, my first summer home, and I worked there. But I think the Tampa Bay thing I remember, I don't know if anyone else remembers, I remember going to Buccaneers games um, in the late 1970s, like 1979 or maybe 80s, early 80s, um, and the big sombrero and the cheerleaders doing the Tampa on one side and Bay on the other side. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, we, one of the reasons I left Tampa was because of a feeling like there was a lack of really the roots and the culture. Well, are you um, back now? I am back. I've been back. I've come back a few times. My uh, mom and dad have stayed here. My um, two older sisters have stayed here. 
Uh, my one younger sister um, is out in Portland, but after going from North Carolina to New Orleans to San Francisco to upstate New York to Miami, I came. I lived away from Tampa for about 20, 25 years, um, but I'm back as of 2016. Welcome back. Um, what do you think? We all come home. <laughs> we all come home. I mean, I, I love it here, and I'm not as anxious to, like, you know, go in search of art and culture because I feel like that, you know, is really um, alive. But I, there used to be a distinct difference for me coming from Miami to Tampa in terms of, like, coming to Tampa was like a downshift, you know, from going from, like, being in fifth year to, like, second or third. <laughs> um, it was a different pace. And I feel like between the traffic and all of the people who discovered us during the pandemic and with all of our major sports victories, um, you know, it's like sort of be careful what you ask. There you go. It's in an acknowledgement. Now you're getting it. Yes. Stop overselling. I think think people in Austin, Texas feel the same way. Hey, Hey, Deborah, I appreciate your calling, but we're going to take another call now. Thank Uh, you, Deborah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now uh, on the air with us is Dennis from Mandeville, Louisiana. Yes, originally from Tampa. Okay. Go. Um, I, I am probably one of the few people that can actually uh, declare that I lived in Tampa Bay. I, I grew up on Seddon Island long mm-hmm. before there was a harbor island. Mm-hmm. And, and the city of Tampa sort of left Seddon <laughs> Island out of everything. We weren't in a school district. We didn't have a zip code. Uh, we couldn't get mail service. Uh, all our mail had to come to a post office box in Ebo City. And um, so, I mean, my brothers and, and my family kind of, we lived in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I've read about your family. That's a fascinating Incredible story, right? There, Incredible yeah. story. Uh, and it must have been quite a... Uh, what, a, what an upbringing, though. What a, you know. Yeah, I mean, you were right off of the city, but you were basically kind of in a rural... Yeah, a, 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 a mile and a quarter from downtown, but yeah. on 185 acres. Yeah. <laughs> but So what are you doing in Louisiana? Uh, I came here for a paycheck and fell in love with the place. There you go. It actually reminds me here, the culture... The friendliness, the openness reminds me of the Tampa I grew up in that I don't find when I go back and visit. Right. Uh, and the they, visuals are working too, right, Dennis? Because the architecture reminds you of Ybor City a little bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Most people don't know that the French Quarter was built during the Spanish reign, so all the architecture is actually Spanish in the French Quarter. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is great. Uh, these are great memories, Dennis. I appreciate you calling. Thank you, Dennis. Right. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Fascinating. John? So let me ask you a quick question. Isn't it inevitable that we will lose our identity when you consider the vast number of immigrants who are coming in from Illinois, Ohio, New York, who vastly outnumber the native Tampans or Tampanos? Very good, John. So yes, yes, probably. And, and I won't be here to see that day, uh, thank, thankfully. Because then I would have to throw myself in the bay with a, you know, with an anchor around me, like it was, like Jose Gaspar was reputed for having done. But uh, uh, you know, if I can just at least keep the conversation, inspire somebody to, you know, these are their great great grandparents. In other words, like we we can't afford to let it go, and and that's why my 
car has a Tampeño sticker on it. My license plate is Tampeño. I mean, I'm trying desperately. I'm a one-man band right now. Although, the reason that the show has been successful, the reason that the Facebook page was as successful is because underground, there's this, there's this current. If you scratch just a little bit, you're going to find that we're all still here, man. And we're all very proud of who we are. So uh, let's talk about the flag, because that's another issue that you have brought up. You don't like the Tampa City flag. Now, I personally am kind of a fan of it because it's so weird. Right. Uh, Tampa's flag has a shape uh, unlike any other U.S. city flag. It's a modified burgie with a shallow indentation between the two traditional endpoints and a third point about half as long between the other two. It's a, it's a weird-shaped flag. It's a nautical shape, I would think, which I think uh, it was invented in the 1930s. Uh, 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1930, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Oddly, by an accountant. Right, right, right. So, so graphic designer, right? Accountant, <laughs> graphic designer. I mean, they're the same thing. Let me go ahead and can I jump in, Tommy? Because I got, I got real, I got something I want to add to to, go what, ahead. to what you were saying. You know, you, you mentioned that you like it because it's so weird. Yeah. So, so that's something you're you're suffering from. What's what's known in in the business, in the business psychological business as ugly baby syndrome. Okay, let me explain that to you. Basically, that's when a mother who is spending all that time in close proximity to her child, which here to, you know, I mean, in the, in the, it's not really a good-looking child, right? It's just, you know, kind of got some problems or whatever, whatever. I mean, but, I'm not but saying... But we love that child. But we love it because it's our baby. It's yeah. our baby. Well, it's spe- and it's you, unique. And you spend all that time, little boy, it's not pretty, but you spend all that time looking at that child, so you're going to defend that child because it's your child, right? And you have a proprietary nature behind it. So that's known as ugly baby syndrome. That's what we're suffering from, or at least you're suffering from when it comes to the Tampa flag. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm such an opponent of the flag because we're missing an opportunity. See, the, the, what, 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 we're, what we're figuring out now is that the, ta- the, the Tampa City flag does not subscribe to any of the five basic rules for what constitutes a good flag. And I can go over those rules for you, but it's a missed opportunity to create civic cohesion. You follow me? Yep. So if you're people that are out there listening right now, and they are, and they're leaning in right now because they're yelling at their radios, that's fine. Call us if you want to call us. But listen, the first thing we did when we got on the moon before we hit a golf ball was we planted our flag. That's the first, very first thing you did. The most iconic image of of a military of of, mil, of a military image photo is of us raising the flag on Iwo Jima. Flags matter. Flags are important. And if you had a good flag, the reason nobody knows what our flag looks like is because it's hideous. Because if it was a good flag, you would see it everywhere. It would be everywhere. Now listen, <clears throat> simple is much better when it comes to flags. Think about it this way, Tom. If you were in a, if you were a mayor of a city, of the city of Tampa and you really 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 needed to pull your people together you would first and foremost want to do what you want to rally your people where under the flag well i have an idea this has just occurred to me go ahead Taylor Swift is going to be mayor yeah, of she's the gonna, day. She's going to get the key to the city. She's what is all that about? What is all that about? She's going to be mayor of the day. So yeah. here's what i was thinking. Go ahead. So on that day mm-hmm. Taylor can 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 create a new flag, yeah. and she can fix all the roads in West Tampa. Stop it! How about that? Stop it, Tom! Stop it! If Janet were here, she'd tell you the same thing. She stop would tell it, me Tom. to stop it. But stop. Uh, you're right. So so She's let me explain. Here, so let me explain. I know. So we have carb lunch. So let me explain to you. This is what I this is what I f- I, I foresee or are in my if I could wave a magic wand and I would have our administrators think of a way to 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 create this civic pride. This is what you do. 
every sixth grader going forward in the city of Tampa, not Hillsborough County, the city of Tampa, every sixth grader going forward, when they graduate, before they go into junior high, they get a lapel pin, right? A lapel pin with the city of Tampa new flag, new flag, not that thing, but a new flag, right? When they graduate ninth grade to go into high school, they get a little tabletop flag. You know, the little ones that you have on display, some you've seen them before, a little tabletop flag. And by the time they graduate high school. But you're going to have to get a new flag. Oh, yeah, but listen, it. by the time they graduate high school, they get a full-size flag. So by the time they're in the 12th grade, they can draw the flag from memory. They have a tremendous source of civic pride. That is my flag. So when these people go off to the university, maybe they go to the University of Tampa. They don't even leave. Then they, then they, they, want, they have ownership of their city. They have ownership of the flag, which represents their city. And oh, by the way, the flag... There's the problem with the flag that we have. The flag, most people identify it as the symbol of the city government because it's behind the dais and it's behind the mayor every time. It is not. It is not the city government flag. It is the flag of the people of the city of Tampa. So we're having city council elections coming up on April 25th. If you are registered to vote, please vote by April 25th. We've got uh, four city council seats up for grabs. Are you making this an issue uh, when you can with these city council candidates? I am. And if you give me 30 seconds, I'm going to read this real fast. Yes, these are five, five basic principles of flag design by the North American Vexillological Association. Number one, keep it simple. The flag should be so simple that a child can draw it from memory. Number two, use meaningful symbolism. The flag's images, colors, and patterns should relate to what it symbolizes. Number three, use two to three basic colors. Limit the number of colors on the flag to three, which contrast well and come from the standard color set. Number four, no lettering or seals. Never use writing of any kind on a flag or organization's seals. And number five, be distinctive or be related. Avoid duplicating other flags, but use similarities to show correct connections. And the number one flag in this municipal flag in the United States of America is the fabulous, wonderful flag of the city of Chicago. When firefighters and policemen fall in the line of duty, they are draped with the, with the flag of the city of Chicago. The flag is omnipresent. It's everywhere. So much so that last year during the softball girls division one college world series, Northwestern University, which is in Evanston, Illinois, had a small flag of the city of Chicago. So if people want to join you in this campaign, Mario, yes. how can they get in touch with you? Give us your contact information. Contact information. Tampa natives plural tampa natives show at gmail.com thank you all for listening today we're in our last minute here i don't want to leave without mentioning politics because old timers i talk to like dick greco talk about how engaged voters were back in the day in the 60s even the 70s what's happened to tampa politics with our population boom it's, be, it's, it's become diffused. It's become diffused, and again, it's it's all part of that diffusion of our of our who we are. Maybe a new flag can bring them back together. Maybe a new flag we can rally. Always be closing, flag. Mario. Here we go. Uh, next week, I'll hope you join us uh, when I'm going to have a conversation with three of the leading uh, craft brewers in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, Janet will not be with me again, so you'll have to put up with me again. Thanks for joining us. This is WMNF Tampa. Thank you.